0: You're listening to a podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. This is the sermon recording from this week's service, but first, here are the readings.
1: A reading from Ecclesiastes, chapter 3. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born, and a time to die. A time to plant, and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill, and a time to heal. A time to break down, and a time to build up. A time to weep. And a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. A time to throw away stones, and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek, and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to sew. A time to keep silence. And a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. The word of the Lord.
2: A reading from Matthew 2, verses 13 to 15 and 19 to 23. When the wise men had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you or Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said to the prophet, out of Egypt, I called my son. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, He withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth, so was fulfilled what was said through the prophets, that he would be a Nazarene. This is the word of the Lord.
0: You're listening to a podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. And now, for this week's sermon... Friends, would you pray for me and with me? Let the Lord guide my words and touch your ears that you may hear what the Lord wishes to give you. In Christ's name, amen. I have a confession. In all my years of ministry, I've only ever preached once on St. Joseph, and before that, I'd given very little thought of him. The one time I did preach on him, I'd just conducted my grandfather's funeral, and I'd gone back to church. Another priest was meant to take the evening service so I could have some quiet time. There was suddenly a panicked knock the priest's card had broken down, and there was nobody for the service. My heart sank when I realized it was a special service in honor of St. Joseph. Quickly ran to my office, grabbed any book I could find on a commentary, read through it, and then went and started mass. It was only halfway through the sermon that I suddenly realized I was preaching about my granddad. I spent most of my childhood growing up with my grandparents. My nan was the archetypical Irish Catholic. If you've ever watched Mrs Brown's Boys, she was a thinner version of her. Whenever she was having a fight with my grandad, she would appeal to the Sacred Heart to take her side. And I remember as a child growing up, just wishing once Jesus would answer her. Magrando was the exact opposite. He was a quiet man, a man who would watch, listen, take everything in, but say very little. Saturday Saturday afternoons were particularly special. He would go out to the betting shop, put a couple of bets on the horses, would lose, then go to the pub for a couple of beers and then come home and Saturday World of Sport would be on. I would watch the wrestling together, have a fun fight, and then everything would stop as they watched the results, hoping that they'd won the pools that week. They never did. But mostly, I remember the long hours my grandad would spend with me in the spare room, which was my playroom there. He'd collect hundreds of old woodbine packets And I know you're shocked that I would even know what they are because I'm so young. But together we made a model robot. And Once we'd done that, he would then start picking up matchsticks from the street. And together we started to make a model of our parish church, both outside and in. The hours we would just sit, cleaning the matches, slowly measuring the walls, gluing them together, and watching it build bit by bit. Once that was built, I got a train set, and together he would help me lay the track, help me build stations, mountains out of Plaster of Paris. And then, as I got older, he would encourage me to write, write any type of story, and we would sit and read them together. I'm a dad man. And I recognize just how difficult it is to spend time with my son, preoccupied with work, preoccupied with so many other things. I suddenly realize just how much he gave me. He giving me all those hours. My granddad was one of the humblest, most unassuming people I've ever met. I remember as a student for the priesthood, Giving a talk at my local church. My granddad could have come in, sat at the front, and been filled with pride and everybody congratulating him. Instead, he turned up just after I'd started. He hid in the back so as not to put me off. He didn't know that I knew he was there. And then just before I finished, I saw him just wipe a tear of pride away and he snuck out the back door. A couple of years later, I was six weeks away from being ordained a deacon in the Catholic Church when I told my family that I felt God was telling me to wait and I was going to take a sabbatical and put off the ordination. This is to show you the difference between my grandparents. I decided to speak at the church and just to let people know what was happening and that I was really trying to follow God's will. My nan insisted on in coming to the church. And as I'd made the announcement, she gave a theatrical <laughs> and threw herself from a wheelchair. My granddad didn't come. He knew it would be too difficult for me. And it wasn't until years later that I found out that he was so hurt and sad that he went to his bed for two days and cried. But he would never let me know the pain. I am the man I am today because of my granddad's values, his humility and his unassuming nature and his faith that he instilled in me. Now, you could quite legitimately say, why is he talking about his granddad? when we should be focusing on St. Joseph, the unsung hero of the gospel, but that is why speaking about Magranda I think I'm speaking about Joseph it's those people who are quiet reflective unassuming people who go unnoticed and yet it's they by their strength their faith their love and their sacrifice that have the greatest impact in our first reading we are giving a template to living, to recognise the different seasons, the different stages of life. It's a real grace to be able to be still and appreciate the gift of life, to be satisfied with what we have, knowing it's only temporary, and to value it because one day we will know it's gone. It was my granddad's way. I think It was Joseph's. The culmination of a thousand years of prophecy, anticipation that the way of salvation for lost and broken people is the incarnation. That God becomes one of us and lives amongst us. And the person God chose to shape his son to instill in him right from wrong, how to be a good and righteous man, was Joseph, a simple carpenter from Bethlehem. And it's this Joseph, born of David's line, who gives legitimacy to Jesus as the Messiah and the fulfillment of the prophets. It would be Joseph, the carpenter, who would spend hours with Jesus, teaching him the skills of carpentry. Hours side by side in silence as they focused on their work. Joseph teaching Jesus patience, showing him what could be created from very little. It was Joseph that would teach Jesus an appreciation of quiet meditation, of stillness as they worked. And it would be in that stillness that Jesus would hear his father. It would be that stillness that Jesus sought out throughout his ministry when things were getting too much. It would be Joseph who showed what kindness could be, giving discount to the neighbours and people who couldn't afford to pay a full price for his work, doing favours for those in need dealing fairly with other tradesmen, respecting all people. May come as a surprise that we think of Joseph as a prophet, but Joseph is the only one in scriptures apart from Daniel in the Old Testament whom God spoke to in a dream. And Joseph had four dreams. The first, when he'd learned that his betrothed was pregnant. the Incredible faith he must have had. His life turned upside down when the girl he's betrothed to suddenly shatters his life. And being the man he is, he decides to end the betrothal quietly to spur her shame to spare her life. And then in a dream, he risks everything. In today's reading from Matthew, we hear how God speaks to Joseph three more times. When God warns him to take Mary and the child to flee to Egypt. And then again, when God tells him that Herod is dead and to return to Israel, and then once more to take the child and to go to Galilee. From then, Joseph's life becomes one of faithful trust, listening to the word of God and acting upon it. For many of us, we might have dismissed the dreams as our subconscious, our giving in distress. But can you imagine what would have happened if Joseph hadn't been the man of faith? The child Jesus, the fulfillment of all the prophecies, murdered. we sure as Jesus grew things were far from being plain sailing. When Mary and Joseph take Jesus to the temple at 40 days, as was their custom, it was Simeon who recognizes the child as the light of the world. To hear that as a parent, a stranger coming out of the crowd and recognizing that one day your child would transform the world. But then he also gives the warning that a sword will pierce Mary's heart. And I have to say, I would give anything to have been a flag on the wall when 13-year-old Jesus is found in the temple, having gone missing for three days. And Joseph, like any dad would say, do you not know the distress and the worry you've caused us? And Jesus rather haughtily then says, well, I had to be about my father's business I bet Jesus, uh, Joseph had more than a few words to say to him when he got him home. And it would make Jesus more compassionate, more understanding of people's feelings rather than just being focused on God's will. After that, we don't hear any more about Joseph. And I think he would have liked that. A man who blends into the background who does what he does quietly and lovingly and asks nothing in return. And yet his courage, his faith, his sense of duty and his compassion are all there in the Jesus we meet in the Gospels. We may not celebrate Joseph as a prophet, but for me, he is one of the greatest For what is it to be a prophet but to listen to the word of God and to do what God asks of us? To be a prophet is to recognise God's presence in the world and to reveal him to others. Of all the prophets, none could have done more. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. To find out more about what we do head across to our website www.northernlightsmcc.org.uk